Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson and kind of a transitional podcast today before we really, really dig in on the Rams. Um, There is a massive trend with the Steelers, but with the league. And I want you to be aware of what's going on in the league right now. And I know we talked about this in the offseason, but it's been a while and I'm hopefully there's some new listeners. So since the COVID year, when nobody was in the stands, scoring per game in the league has dropped dramatically. I mean, several points per game each year. I mean, like massive trends. And as I told you many times, this past off season, and folks, please don't take this podcast as, oh, the Steelers offense is fine. Matt thinks it's great. He's, you know, putting, don't worry about it at all. This is how everyone's doing. That's not what I'm saying. The, the Steelers offense has problems. Canada has problems. Pickett has problems, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, half the league this year, this offseason, 16 out of 32 teams switched offensive play caller, designer, coordinator, Wholesale change, half the league. Still, scoring is down. And there's a lot of reasons why. And there's four-ish main reasons. And and just look at it on your own through a Steelers lens. First off, I think the root of the problem is defensive linemen are just way, 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 way better than offensive linemen. I say this all the time. I don't know why every media person in the world doesn't recognize this and talk about it all the time. Watch any combine. Look at the different level of athleticism. Just look at the Steelers. I mean, if the Steelers O-line had to to block the Steelers D-line for 70 snaps, they would lose a very high percentage of them. You know, I mean, Broderick Jones versus Highsmith, Chooks versus Watt. And most teams have this discrepancy. I mean, besides the Lions and Eagles, there really aren't great lines in the league anymore offensively. And a lot of it's just because those lines are technique. There's a shortage of offensive linemen. But the root of it is the defensive linemen are just velociraptors. I mean, they're just insane athletes. And this is something that the, the league has to deal with. And deep down, they know it. But how do you make up for it? Mike Sando, good friend of mine, used to work for him at ESPN. He wrote an article right before opening day saying this would be the youngest group of starting quarterbacks in in the whole Super Bowl era. If you look at week one starters, this year is the youngest group of quarterbacks and therefore the most inexperienced in the whole Super Bowl era, 50-some years. And then that even included Aaron Rodgers. And then he goes down and your oldest guy – becomes a young guy again in Zach Wilson. So it got worse after week one. Where am I going with this? Quarterback's hard. I mean, young quarterbacks don't do well. Kenny, you know, look around. And gone is the era, of course, the Bens, the Breezes, the Rivers, the Mannings, the Bradys, all these Hall of Famer types. But even Matt Ryans, like who's the Matt Ryan of this era or right now? Like, Kirk Cousins is fine. I mean, guys that are a little past their prime, but have played a ton of snaps that are high quality quarterbacks. Like there's a big gap in quarterbacks that came to the league with all the Wences and Mariotas and Winstons, all those high picks that didn't hit, you know, Baker Mayfield even. I'm, I'm talking even a little older than him. Your best guys are like Mahomes and Allen, Burrow, Herbert. I mean, they really even hit their prime yet if they're going to play 15 plus years. So 
Andrew Luck should be that guy right now. Russell Wilson, you know, Kirk Cousins, but neither one of those guys are Ben in their prime or Brady in their prime, you know, so there's a big gap of that older generation quarterbacks right now. And you see these quarterbacks that can't audible, can't, you know, recognize defenses, which brings me to this, you know, the league now has very much said defensively, we're going to play a lot of zone. We're not going to put our corners on islands. We're going to make you have long drives, two high safeties, eliminate the big play. So that's another reason scoring's down because the young quarterbacks aren't patient enough or adept enough to just say, I'll take the check down six yards, death by paper cut. So D lines are better than O lines, young quarterbacks, defensive scheme. And then this is starting to really be a trend again this week. I think you know this, but last year, the NFL started 69 different quarterbacks. And some teams like Miami started four over over the 2022 season. We're getting to the point now, all of a sudden, Fields is hurt, Garoppolo's hurt, et cetera, et cetera, where we're going down that path again, you know, so... The Browns just started their third quarterback of the year this past week. It's October 17th. I mean, it's not even Halloween yet. Are we going to get to 69 again? Are we going to get to 60, 55? All that's too many because there are not 50 qualified quarterbacks on the planet right now. I mean, there just aren't. There might be 25. I mean, you have to go dig deep. I mean, so that's a huge problem. Lastly, and I just want you to know this too, because again, it reflects on the Steelers, all these things. What I'm telling you really is all this stuff is not just a Steeler problem. It is a Steeler problem. I'm not excusing it, but it's not just a Steeler problem. It's an NFL problem. Red zone touchdown percentage is down this year dramatically. And I think it's for all the reasons I just listed, but it's down dramatically. So, you get in the red zone, you take a holding penalty or a negative run, forget about it. Nobody's scoring. I mean, red zone defense or red zone offense is putrid right now. I don't have the percentages, but I'm almost certain it's the worst of the Super Bowl era as well. Well, that's where the touchdowns come from. And teams aren't allowing the big play. And if you do have the long drive and you get into the red zone and you're kicking field goals, you know what I mean? So brutal. I mean, the Ravens last this past week, six field goals with all their points, you know, got down the red zone. Uh, Seattle couldn't beat uh, Cincinnati because red zone problems, you know. So young quarterbacks in red zone, I always tell you, is a problem. And all these things are adding up. So just recognize it's not just a Steeler problem. It is a Steeler problem, but it's not just a Steeler problem. I'm going to take a quick break and I'm going to quick overview of what the Rams are as an organization right now. They're very interesting. All right, I'm back. Steelers travel to L.A. to play the Rams this week. I've got digging in real heavy to how they are as a team. But this isn't a team you guys see a lot. And I know that a lot of you don't pay attention to the other 31 teams, one one hundredth as much as you do the Steelers. But I think what the Rams have done is very interesting. And in some ways, I applaud it. The last time the, the Rams used a first-round pick 
was on Jared Goff. That was almost 10 years ago, and he's the starting quarterback of the Lions now. All those other first-round picks, they traded for players. Jalen Ramsey, Brandon Cooks, et cetera, Matthew Stafford, et cetera, et cetera. Really unique build. And what, two years ago, it paid off. They won the Super Bowl. Good for them. And then last year, the year after winning the Super Bowl, them and the Broncos were the most injured team in the league. And it was a brutal watch last year because they were so top heavy even then, and they still kind of are. They had no middle class. They have no first round picks that are ready to step up. They always made a lot of picks, but not high picks. So they were very good to comp game, you know, but so they had stars and scrubs and basically all their stars got hurt last year. Like they set a record for most off the total opposite of the Steelers for most offensive line combinations. They had to start last year. Steelers were a total opposite last year. So I assumed many of us assumed this year. All the bills would come due, you know, that you're in cap hell, still don't have a first round pick, but they do have a lot of picks. They made a ton of picks, tons of sixth, seventh rounders, early second rounders or first picks. Steve Avilia, a guard, a good player. And they still have Donald. They still have Cup. They still have Stafford. And it's going into the season. It was like those three and the pips. I mean, especially on defense, like you don't know any of the defensive players they're playing except for Aaron Donald and Jones, the linebacker who you guys might not know, but he's a good player. And I figured, man, this might be a top five drafting team. However, they've played quite well. They're beating the teams. They should, they're kind of losing the teams. They shouldn't. And it just shows that when you have a, a quarterback and a coach, and I have great respect for McVay as a head coach, but especially as an offensive play designer, he is elite. And this is kind of by default. I think right now, and it's a little bit controversial, I think Matthew Stafford is probably the best quarterback in the NFC over Dak Prescott, over Jalen Hurts, with how they're all playing right now. None of them are top five guys, period. But you have a quarterback, you have a coach that have been around the block, they know how to win, and you have, you're still healthy. They're a formidable opponent for the Steelers. Donald's still a stud, Cup is back, and I mentioned all these draft picks. They landed a, a mid-round pick in Young, a defensive end that is playing really well. And, of course, Puka Nakua, you know, another mid-round pick that hit. They made a ton of picks. They're just throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall for cheap labor, fifth, sixth-round picks galore all over this roster. And that's where they're at. Like, I don't know that it's sustainable if you lose Cup again or older guys like Stafford, Donald, et cetera, get hurt. You really have to t- challenge that depth, which is really, really bad on this team. But they're a really interesting team, and I just wanted to kind of coach you up on how they decided to build a football team. And it makes you wonder, again, very anti-Steeler-like, would you as a fan base approve of going all-in, trading all your picks for almost – all your first-rounders for almost a decade to hopefully, not guaranteed, win a Super Bowl and then pay the piper for – three, four years afterwards while you, you know, pay all those credit card debts. I tend to lean the other way, but I can understand both sides. It's real easy to say, hey, you got a ring, everything's worth it. And yes, I do believe that. If you get a ring, it's all worth it. But what if you fall short and you lose that Super Bowl? You don't quite get to the Super Bowl that whole time. And then you got to withstand 
half a decade of rebuild and pain and losing your best players in free agency. So interesting. It's very anti-Steelers. All right, guys, take care. We'll talk Rams heavy the rest of the week. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.